With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Greetings, found sheep of the House of Israel. Uh, we have, if we really do believe, we really obey the law, we really are Christian Israelites who do obey the law. We are the chosen seed of Israel's race. We who did hear Christ's call... We understand that there is that there is a number of holy days. One of them is every week here. It's on the Sabbath, which is, you know, as we look at on Saturday. But in Leviticus chapter 29, you know, we have a number of these holy days. Today being the 20th of March, and uh, we're about an hour and a half away from uh, now, so it still is during the festival of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost means essentially 50 count, is, is what it means. Essentially, count 50. What you did is you counted seven, you know, seven weeks, you know, seven days a week, plus one, and that was Pentecost. And that was pretty well in the New Testament church. It means the foundation of the New Testament church. Now, back I believe around now they have in my old uh my old uh you know in my old uh what uh, study bible King James study bible that I got from my father in 1972 and I still keep because hey my father gave it to me but it has BC 1490 I believe that the actual the actual uh oh day was about 60 years earlier than that I believe it was around 15 52, 1550, something like that. So I believe it was 60 years earlier. So in any case, you have where here is Moses in Leviticus chapter 23 talking about laws concerning holy days. On the very first holy day, from verse 1 to 3, is the Sabbath. You know, that Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, this is when he's up the first time on Mount Sinai. You know, which is more likely not on the you know the Sinai Peninsula, but rather more than likely in uh, well the peninsula of Saudi Arabia. More than likely, more than likely, it was actually in Midian because uh, Moses Moses was uh, had ran you know on his you know after his 40th birthday when he was no longer a prince of Egypt. He had ran, he had gone ahead and ran, you know, away, away, and I believe that the pharaohs that he was talking with may have been an upper Egypt pharaoh, but more than likely, the Israelites had been, had run into the, to the eastern delta, where these, uh, where these Amorites, you know, who they were running away from, called, uh, you know, called the Hyksos had set up their own Pharisee. And Egypt was divided into two parts. It was divided it was called the second intermediate period, 
It was after the Middle Kingdom when Joseph had more than likely under Amenoret I's grandson or great-grandson, I forget his name, had set up had set up a uh, well suddenly set an outlet for the Nile to carry its waters during high tide. It would just you know rather than just simply have it flow into the ocean. What he did is he he went ahead and dug a canal to this low spot, which became Lake Moetus or something like that here. And later on, this was you know this was another place, a big lake. A good-sized freshwater lake, not a deep one, but it was into a depression in the Nile. So he cut a canal, you know, Joseph did, and they still call to this day uh, that canal. They call it the uh, Bader Yosef or something like that, or the river or the canal of Joseph. So Joseph had, you know, under the Middle Kingdom, which was essentially warlords around... 2000, about the same time that Abraham was around, essentially they'd set up they'd set up uh, a warlord sea and they had reconquered, uh, you know, from Upper Egypt into Lower Egypt, which was round. You know, Lower Egypt was further down the Nile, and it was actually in the Delta. So you had two main districts. They called it the Red Lands and the Black Lands, and pretty well it was the. Uh, it was the upper Egypt, you know, led by Thebes, because later on, later on, uh, after, you know, after, uh, you know, the very tail end of the 17th dynasty had conquered and kicked out these Hyksos kings here, essentially these western Amorites. Some of the Amorites, the eastern Amorites, had gone east under King Hammurabi or King Hammurabi's father and conquered Babylon. So you had you had these Amorites leading out, you know, a population explosion out of Canaan, and Yahweh had told Abraham that he had to wait; his descendants would have to wait. Now, were we in prison for 400 years? No, we're in prison somewhere around 200 years. But 400 years after, 400 years after, you know, actually 430 years after would be the Exodus. So here it is, I believe it was around 1552, 1550 or so. They have gotten out, they have gotten out, and now they are, you know, they have crossed the Red Sea. And I was looking, I was looking uh, pretty well, the modern, the modern belief is, is that there is a little causeway, little causeway that Yahweh would just simply had, you know, maybe about 20, 30, 40 feet deep. And Yahweh would have just simply had to just simply blow there, you know, with one, you know, just like in the Ten Commandments, and it is the rightmost, is the rightmost, uh, you know, of the horns. So it looks like a slug. Uh, you know, the Persian Gulf looks like a, you know, looks like a, uh, you know, two horns. What you have is you have, you have, uh, it is the rightmost horn looking up here. You know, this great rift valley, which goes all the way from Africa all the way into portions of, you know, uh, Western Asia and into Asia Minor. And you, you have those, you have those places. So anyway, he crossed there, and here he was on this mountain here. And, and most modern archaeologists says is that, you know, so-called Mount Sinai on the Sinai Peninsula is not the right, is not the right Mount Sinai. Is actually a mountain which is in Midian, and Midian 
was related to the Israelites because they were they were from the twelve sons of Abraham by his third wife Keturah. So anyway, here here he is. He is being told. He is being told, and they are you know they are below the Dead Sea. They are below the land of Canaan, and four hundred years would have to pass till the time of the Amorites would be an end. They would be so wicked. They would be so mean. They would be so vicious that they would be driven out by these Egyptians from Thebes who set up the 18th dynasty, which had among it uh, King Tut and, you know, the 19th dynasty was Ramses II. So you had you had somewhere around 15, 50 or so, or a good 60 years before the date of 1490, to where here's Moses, he is on Mount Sinai, he is being told about the holy days. So it goes on the very first holy day, and one we have every week is the Sabbath. Six days of work shall be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of Yahweh and all your dwellings. Now, folks, you didn't do your farm work. You 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 did feed your animals if you had them. You did you know you did that, but this was a day of rest. This was a day, of course, a farmer. You know, and a dairy farmer certainly doesn't have, I mean, essentially the cow doesn't know that is a day of rest. She wants to be milked, so you do milk her. You do go ahead and do something. You don't do like a bunch of Canaanite Jews, make a big deal about not having a cheeseburger or something like that here. You know, all this Talmudic, you know, crap here from Jews who are pretending to be Israelites. But. These are the feasts of Yahweh, even holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their season. So the Sabbath is every season. Okay. Verse 5 of chapter 23, in the 14th day of the first month at even time. You know, that's when we had we had one particular uh, Sephardic, you know, Sicilian, you know, mystery meat character here who, uh, you know, insisted that the day began at dawn, I mean, which is fine. I mean, actual light does begin at dawn, but the actual day-day of 24 hours begins at evening time. So, the 14th day of the first month of even is the Lord's Passover. Now, I've noticed that it is sometime after, it is sometime after the March, or, you know, the spring equinox, and usually a Passover, or usually all these holy days begin with a full moon. But well, moving on, 14th day, you know, you know, of the, you know, 14th day of the first month at even time is Yahweh's Passover. On the 15th day of the same month, with the feast of unleavened bread unto Yahweh, seven days shall you eat unleavened bread. So when I'm Passover, you know, the very, you know, you know, pretty well, these Israelites under Moses had followed, had kept the very first Passover. The very first Passover, it tells you in the book of Exodus, was a dire thing in which all the firstborn of Egypt, not covered by the blood of the lamb, of a lamb, not the lamb, died. So, they had, you doing okay? You doing okay, uh, Logan? Yeah, I'm just listening, Martin. Okay, you mind if I go ahead and meet you then? Uh, yeah, just unmute me when you get ready for commentary. All right. So moving on, moving on, these are the feasts of Yahweh, even holy days. So it goes on 
from verse five about how you don't you don't work real hard, you don't you you, you know, of course you have to take care of your animals. So verse nine it goes off speaking to you know, when you come. Okay, then it comes to we come to the day we are here now. Verse nine. Leviticus chapter twenty three. And Yahweh spoke unto Moses. So this is a new this is a new paragraph. This is a new this is a new bring it up for yet a new day. We have already covered the Passover, we have covered the days of an eleven bread. You were supposed to eat unleavened bread for what? Seven days? Okay, for seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Yahweh you know, verse nine. And Yahweh spoke unto Moses saying Speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them, When you be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. Now, did they keep the Passover when they were, you know, when they were, well, in the desert? In the lands of Midian, wandering about for that and then another what, 38, 40, 39 years? Did they keep that? No, they, they, Moses more than likely, you know, kept it up. And essentially his brother Aaron more than likely kept it up. He says, when you come into the land which I give unto you, because this was the feast of first fruits. So you will take a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest. Usually that would be barley, you know, because barley grows faster than wheat. It's 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 prime for a shorter for a shorter uh and barley makes the best beer because it has the most old sugar, you know, essentially uh, or starch in there, whereas wheat has more protein. So you'll take this sheaf, the very first sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest, unto the priest. Now this is in this is in what? Spring. This is you know you know, 50 days here, 49 plus 1. He shall wave the sheep before Yahweh to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer that day when you wave the sheep a he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto Yahweh. And the meat offering shall be two-tenths deals of fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire unto Yahweh for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of a hen. And, so, and you will eat neither bread nor parched corn nor green ears until self same day that you brought. So this is the very first, very first sheep. And you did not eat. You did not eat of the corn or parched corn or green ears or anything of that harvest until it been sacrificed to Yahweh. Until self same day that you have brought an offering to your God, it shall be a statue forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. Verse 15. This is where the word Pentecost comes. Essentially, Pentecost is a Greek word which means pente, which is 50. You know, Pentecost means count 50. Verse 15. You shall count un, you know, into you from the morrow after the Sabbath. From the day that you brought the sheep of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even to the morrow after seven Sabbaths shall you number 50 days. So it's seven, you know, seven times 
Seven times seven, which is 49, plus one makes 50. It's count 50. And she'll offer a new meat offering unto Yahweh. You'll bring out your habitation, two-way loaves with two test deals. They shall be a fine flour. They shall be baked with leaven. They are first fruits unto Yahweh. So this is the feast of the first fruits. And she'll offer in the bread seven lambs without blemish. This is for the entire congregation first year. And one young bullock and two lambs. They shall be for a bread offering to Yahweh with their meat offerings and their drink offerings, even offering made by fire with sweet savor unto Yahweh. And you'll sacrifice one kid of the ghost for a sin offering and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace. And they will wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before Yahweh. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to Yahweh for the priest. And you shall proclaim on itself day. There will be a holy convocation to you. So, then goes on. and says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you will not make clean riddance of the cores of your field. You know, when you reap, neither shall you gather any gleaning of the harvest. You shall leave them for the poor. And to the stranger, I am Yahweh, your God. So, this is the feast field, Passover, feast, Days of Unleavened Bread, and the count 50, the 50 count, are the spring holy days. And you have the summer. So here we are. Here we are for the summer. You know, we, the summer has not come anyway. You know, now is what, the 20th of May? We have about, oh, another month, another month uh, of spring. But this would be this would be this would be kept. Now this means the first fruits here. What does it mean for us, the New Testament church? Well, let's just go on let's just go over to let's go over to well the New Testament. Okay. Going through that, you have the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you realize you realize that you know when when the time came, when time came in many cases, why you know the question is is why did why did Christ speak in parables? Why did Christ speak in parables? And people would ask him here. He says, uh, you know, he goes ahead and tells them here that, okay, maybe it's 13 here. Anyway, he told, he told the, uh, you know, he told his disciples, why do you speak to people in parables? And Christ answered him. Christ answered him, you know, well, well okay. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Christ answered said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. So you did not have, you did not have other than his disciples, of which 11 of them were apostles. One was this evil Jew, you know, this evil Canaanite Edomite Jew called Judas, and he had his destiny to betray Christ so that Christ could be murdered and be sacrificed for the Passover. Verse 12, For whosoever hath to him shall be given, he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even 
that he has. Something there that you have to realize is that Christ's word is not universalist. It is not for anything other than you, the found sheep of the house of Israel. It's not even for the lost sheep here who Yahweh may decide need to be lost and all they're going to get, you know, is, you know, if they behave themselves, they're going to get a second resurrection. You see, to those who have shall be given more, and to those who have not shall be taken away, that even which they have. So, therefore, speak I to them parables, because they see, see not, you know, hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And this is a quote from Isaiah. And then it's fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, you know, Isaiah said it, which says, My hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart, and he was talking about his generation. What do you think of this generation, which is far more wicked, far more evil, far more soft? This people's heart is wax gross in their ears, or dull of hearing their eyes, they have closed deliberately. For at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and shall be converted, and I should heal them. He did not want the ordinary people out there of, of his, you know, who was he talking to? Well, only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But hey, of that generation, their ears were closed at that time. At that time. Because Christ had not fulfilled the Passover just yet, so therefore. It was not time for the Pentecost. It was not time for the 50 days after the sacrifice. So therefore, they could not understand. They would not understand. They did not understand. And so Christ kept them ignorant. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and you, you know, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Me and Logan have been covering the book of Enoch. Did Enoch understand everything? In many cases, here he was. He was looking back to what? Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. And five, he was predicting a flood which would occur in Genesis chapter 6. He was living in the time of Genesis chapter 6 where these evil angels had chosen to leave their estate, like it says in the book of Jude, quoting the books of Enoch. So, hey, did he understand everything of things to come? He's seen what was to come. Did he understand it? I don't know. More than likely, where he was at on a particular plane, he probably knows exactly what Yahweh's plan was. But hey, all he could do was say what he was allowed to say in the book of Enoch. And us looking back said, oh, how prescient. Last week, or let me see, Thursday, we covered essentially an astronomy and natural science treatise about the, the sun, the moon, the planets, the winds. This is pretty much, this is mighty fascinating stuff or something that was written about 3,000 years or, you know, 3,000 years B.C. In case. So he said this time, because here he was speaking only to his disciples. He had not, he had not, he had not covered yet 
his destiny, which was to be the Passover, the Lamb of God, the final and ultimate sacrifice for our sins, so that we, having sinned, either by our own sins or by those of our forefathers who have essentially, by their foolishness, by their wickedness, by their acts of inquisitiveness, have condemned us to be not only mortal, but essentially outside the you know essentially outside the law. First, we must, in order to get with the law, we must repent of our sins, and that means to stop doing it to make it right. But it also means that hey, first there has to be you know during the time of the Israelites, you know, and during the fifty days, there was there was a you know, there was a, uh, I lost my train of thought here. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and mute Logan and have him say a few words here. Logan, are yeah, you in? Martin. Yeah, Martin. It seems like, mm-hmm. hold on a second. Uh, well, let me take it off speaker. No, it's not on, it's not, what it seems like is, is that uh, a lot of people in identity, even some of these people that claim to be biblical scholars and they're not too seed-line, they always want to do away with the feast days. They always want to do away with the Sabbath. They always want to spiritualize everything. And they want to save everybody. I mean, you know, they want to save everybody. They want to quote the laws done away with. They always want to claim they got a new revelation from God or they're a prophet or they got a new a totally new doctrine that's contrary to the red letters in the Old Testament. I remember, I remember, what, 25 years ago, Pete Pierce come up with a, a 91st day, which he called doors, that he made up. Yeah. And everybody was laughing, everybody was laughing that Pete Pierce had just made another holy day, which he can get another offering. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, I mean, this is, you know, it would be sometime in June or July, and he would get another offering. Sometime, uh, you know, he just went ahead and made it up. I guess a bunch of idiots gave him money. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Well, y- I mean, Yahweh said he's going to send these people strong delusion. If they want to believe a little bit of a lie, then he's going to let them believe a lot more lie. He's, you know, he's not going to, you know, once you do away with part of Yahweh's law, or once you do away with some of his prophecy, or once you do away with some of his scripture and say, well, that, that no longer is viable, then Yahweh's just going to let you believe a bunch more lies. He's not going to stop you. you know? I mean, if, if you really love evil and you want to go down the highway to hell with Satan and his kids, then Yahweh says, you know, hey, you've been warned. You're not listening to me. Uh, he, he, told, he told that guy in hell, he said, he said, uh, uh, "All your brothers uh, had all the prophets. They're not. They're not going. They didn't listen to the prophets. And Moses, they're sure not going to listen to me or listen to you. So yeah. I mean, you just want you just want to get a you just want to get a little bit of ease from your damnation here. In the case of Eve, you're Satan. Why? What'll happen? What'll happen once you go ahead and you eat those knowledge of, you know fruit of good and evil? Well." Yahweh says, I'm going to die. Well, Satan says, well, no. 
You ain't going to die, so you're sort of like a piss possum. You ain't going to die. Well, no, you'll become like gods, and you'll be able to make your own minds up here. Well, hey, you're going to you're gonna live real good and without Yahweh. Is that, that what the Illuminati said? They said that they know the knowledge of Satan, and they know more than Yahweh, and they think they're gonna they're smarter than Yahweh, but they're dumber than dirt. I mean, that's that's the same mentality that the Illuminati, the Freemason, the secret societies, same thing Satan was doing. He was telling he was telling Eve that he was smarter than Yahweh, and that if if, if, if she would just listen to him, then she would be smarter than Yahweh too. Right? I mean, these things... I didn't mean, work these out. people... I mean, didn't, you work know, well. didn't work out well for her or her descendants, now did it? It didn't work out for the whole whole white race. Hell, I mean, we've had nothing but thorns and thistles called Jews, serpent seed. Uh, we've had nothing but trouble ever since. Well, great. So... so the thing is, Martin, we have to be on fire for Yahweh. We have to be on fire with the Holy Spirit. We have to separate ourselves from the world, not just from the Jews and Manzers, but from the Uyghurs. Come out of Babylon. And I was talking to a couple, I met some identity people today up in Kentucky. I hadn't seen them in a long time. And, uh, you know, his wife was asking me, she said, okay, uh, she said, uh, who do you keep feast days and Sabbath with? You know, because she knows me and her husband have been identity a long time, and she's just now coming into it. I said, well, I've kept it with a lot of people, but all the good people have died off. Uh, most of the, anybody left has gone underground. I said, because uh, she met Jim Wickstrom, okay? And Jim Wickstrom and Ray Bunzo and a bunch of these pieces, pieces of crap. Ray Bunzo and this other guy were trying to – Ray Bunzo married her to my friend in the name of Yahweh. And he turns right around. The first time they go to a feast day as a married couple, when she's alone, him and this other guy are trying to hit on her and get her to cheat on her husband. And Jim Wickstrom, he sided with Ray Bunzo and this other piece of crap. Okay? Sure. So I'm telling her, look, I'm telling her, look, above-ground identity is nothing but wall-to-ball Jews, mamsers, and white trash dog bots. But I'm telling her that, you know, you and your husband can keep uh, feast day and Sabbath in your own home. You don't need a big group. Where there, there, where there is two, there will Christ be also. Yeah, two or more. That's what this one says. For where there yeah. are two gathered together, you know, Christ will be there also. So you don't need you don't need the fixings, and you don't need the pretense, and you don't need the lies. And you don't need the nonsense, which comes with organized religion, and certainly not of CI dentistry. What you need to do, what you need, is your Bible, and you need yourself as an Israelite to fight, if need be, all along to be yet with Yahweh. The closest I've been to Yahweh is when I was in solitary confinement in Newton County Jail. Because then you realize that it's just between you and Yahweh here, and it's Yahweh's mercy which will get you out or not get you out of the place that you were in. No, that's from right. the acts of evil met. So I'm going to go ahead and go on to where we have the Pentecost. We essentially we have the very first Pentecost 
the very first count 50 after, you know, the Passover had been fulfilled. You know, yeah. the very first Passover was when the Israelites left Egypt and they essentially ate just you know, nothing more than wheat, you know, grain, which had been ground up here and mixed essentially with water and maybe baked a little bit in the sun, and they ate that so-called bread. You know what I mean? It was not great bread. It was uh, it was a nuke bread. It was uh, you know, pretty well what it was, was just simply nothing more than flour, which they which is what they had to eat when they left Egypt. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and go on to the Acts of the Apostles and go ahead and read. You'll read from Matt here and. Uh, then I'm going to, let me see, Acts chapter 1, and let me see, uh, and Acts chapter 2, okay? Yeah. All right, let me just go ahead and uh, cover that here. Hey, if you need to mute me, but you need to mute me. Okay, I'll go ahead, uh, you know, should I go ahead and mute you now then? Yeah, if you want, that's fine. The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1, for, you know, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Verse 2, until then, which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had been given commands unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, to whom he had also showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of Yahweh. So what he was is after you know, after he'd been crucified, he was in the uh you know, he was in his tomb three days, three nights. And you know, after he came back, here it is forty days. Well guess what? What happens after you know what, forty nine days plus one? So here they are, here they are, this is the very first holy day after Christ, after the Passover. Verse 4, and be assembled together with them, command that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. So they were told, they were told not to leave from Jerusalem, verse 5, but they should, you know, that they should wait. So here they are. They they hadn't gone back to Galilee. They hadn't gone back to their businesses. They hadn't, you know, they were waiting for something. Verse 5, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, you know, not many days hence. Verse 6, now they therefore were come together and they asked of him, saying, Lord, will you at the same time restore again the kingdom of Israel? So they had thought that Christ was a warrior king. And he said to them, Is it not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own power? It is not for you. So you don't know. You don't know the times or the seasons. Verse 8, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. So Samaria had a bunch of Israelites and also had some Catholics mixed in with them. Essentially, Samaria was the northern portion of Israel. Verse 9, when he spoke in these things, when they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud carried him out of their sight. So he says, hey, you know, 40 days, 
He met up with them for, you know, 40 days. So, you know, very soon, very soon, he's going to come back. Verse 10, when they looked steadfastly toward the heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Verse 11, which all said, you men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into the heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into the heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Verse 12, then they turned you know, unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. Verse 13, when they were come in, they went into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, Zeolachus, and Judas, the brother of James. So, he has his disciples, and he has Jude, you know, Jude, or Judas, also called Jude, the brother of James. And these all, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers, with his brethren. In those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of those names together were about 120. So, hey, there was more than just disciples. There were 70 others here. And then there were some more. It was about 120, men and brethren. This scripture needs must be fulfilled. This Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spoke before concerning Judas, which was God to them that took Jesus. For he is numbered with us and have obtained part of this ministry. Now, this man purchased the field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the mist, and all his bowels gushed out. It was known unto all the dwellings of Jerusalem, inasmuch as that field is called their proper tongue, Aseldama, which is the field of blood. For as written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate, let no man dwell therein, as Bishopric let another take. So, pretty well, what they're going to do, what they're going to do is they're going to decide about Judas. Concerning Judas, which was a guide to them, that took Jesus. Judas was a guide to them. So she was a spy. So, you know, he had, you know, he had, you know, he had gotten thirty pieces of silver. He wanted to give it back. They said no. You know, he realized he'd done something evil, so he hung himself. As guts burst upon the ground, so they took that money, blood money, and they bought a field to bury the poor and indigent in. Began from the same baptism, John, till that same day is taken up, must one be ordained to witness. And they approached to Joseph called Bersabbas, which was named Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, you know the hearts of all men. Show which of these two you have chosen. They may take part in this ministry and apostleship. By which Judas, by transgression, fell, that he might go into their own place. They gave forth their loss, and lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. So now they're back to twelve. Okay, verse two. And when the day of Pentecost was fully came, fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, verse 2, of Acts chapter 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. So a fire, the Holy Spirit came in, And it could be seen. Verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, we're not talking about the babble 
which mentally ill people babble. You know, I've seen I've seen people who have religious ecstasy, and they're literally, especially women, literally pissing their panties. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men uh, out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noticed about the multitude came and were confounded, or it means that they were troubled, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Verse 7, they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these who speak Galileans? Why are they able to speak in Latin? Why are they able to speak in the tongues you know, of the Britons? Why are they able to speak in the tongues of the Indians and the, uh, you know, the Greeks and the rest here? Why are they able to speak with a number of tongues, which is not you know, privy to Galilee? Verse how here we, every man in his own tongue, wherein we were born. So they all had, they all had a number of these people, Judeans, who had come back for Passover, who had come back to visit their family estate. How are we able to go ahead and hear this? Because we were taught, let's say we lived in the Iberian Peninsula, a.k.a. which became known as Spain. How come we're able to how come we're able to go ahead and hear our native tongue here or in France? How come we're able to hear Oscan? How are we able to go ahead and hear Parthian? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontius and Asia. Phrygia and Pamphylia in Egypt and the parts of Libya around Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Christians and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of Yahweh. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what means this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. So these men are just drunk. And these, men, these men are just so, you know, filled of essentially about... You know, about, you know, raw wine here, raw, red wine, fresh from the ghost skin. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, You men of Judah, and all you that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken unto my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing as but the third hour of the day. So essentially what day is the third hour of the day? Well, six, it's about what, nine o'clock, eight o'clock? But this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, and shall come to pass in the last days, saith Yahweh, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And this is from the prophet Joel. Let me see. Joel 2, verse 28. <clears throat> That's what it says in the side, on the side of my Bible. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of Yahweh comes. Joel is a minor prophet who was contemporary with Hosea, 
with Amos and with Jonah. Now, he was more of an apocalyptic prophet. Essentially, they all, they all were talking about the mighty day of the Lord. Jonah, you know, you know Joel, Jonah was concerned with the then and there. I think he was the youngest of them. Amos was talking about how Israel would be taken up by the Assyrians and taken away, and that would be the end of that. Whereas, whereas uh, Joel was actually talking, just like Enoch does, of times to come, you know, when the sun and moon would become both black here. Uh, there's a uh, there's a hymn by uh, Dwight Dwight Armstrong about that here. So, in any case, I'm uh, went ahead and gotten done something here. Anyway, so there would be there would be you know there was the sun you know, and shall come past whosoever shall call in the name of Yahweh shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of Yahweh among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which Yahweh did by him the midst of you, as you yourself also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of Yahweh you have taken, and by wicked hands have crucified the slain, whom Yahweh has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it is not possible that he should be holden of it. Verse 25, for David speak, spoke concerning him, I foresaw Yahweh always before my face, for he is in my right hand, that I shall not be moved. Verse 26, therefore did my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad, moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope. Verse 27, because you will not leave my soul in hell, neither will you suffer your Holy One to see corruption. Verse 28, you have made to me known to me the ways of life, you shall make me full of joy with my countenance. Verse 29, men and brethren, let me really speak to you, because here is, here is Peter, and he is, he is really preaching on the day of Pentecost. Let me freely speak to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and a sepulcher is with us until this day. So it means his tomb is with us today. Verse 30, therefore being a prophet, knowing that Yahweh has sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He seeing this before spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. We're talking about Christ. Did his body corrupt in the tomb? And the answer is no. Verse 32, this Jesus has Yahweh raised up where, where we all are witnesses. Verse 33, therefore being by the right hand of Yahweh exalted, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which you shall now see and hear. Verse 34, for David does not send into the heavens, but he says himself that Yahweh shall said unto my Lord, sit you on my right hand until I make your foes your footstool. Verse 36, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that Yahweh has made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? 
So, hey, these men who had heard, and they were wondering, it was not just the 120 who had got this. This was their friends. This was their companions. And they were pricked in their hearts, and they says, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises unto you and to your children, and all that are far off, even as many as Yahweh our Lord shall call. Since we are the lost sheep of the house of Israel, we are the ones who heard the call. It is up to us to repent, to be baptized, to beg for the remission of sins. Verse 40 of Acts chapter 2. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Verse 41. Then they that were gladly received his word were baptized, and that same day they were adding to them about 3,000 souls. So, by the end, now this was before, this was, this was of the morning, on the third day, on the third, before the third hour, when he said, well, these people be drunk. No, no, no. Before that day was up, 3,000 were added to the 120 who were already there. So this was the first fruits. This was the very first fruits here. And they did repent. And they were baptized. So essentially they died, their old sins, their old men, the old men they were and the old women that they were, died. And so they were new men and new women, 3,000 of them. Verse 42 of Acts chapter 2, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and of prayers. Verse 43, and fear came on every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Verse 44, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. Verse 45, and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Verse 46, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house to eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Verse 47, praising Yahweh and having faith with all the people. And Yahweh added to the church daily such as should be saved. So, in any case, this is the very first real Pentecost of the New Testament church. This is when the New Testament church began. was 49, or 7 times 7 plus 1. So that's what we are indeed also celebrating where Passover was on a Sabbath. And yesterday was seven times, seven times, seven days, or 49 days. And today is the day after the day, seven times seven plus one, which is 50, or count 50. So anyway, we're going to go ahead and unmute, unmute Logan. Hi, Mark. Okay. Yes. Well, look, I mean, Scripture, true Scripture, unless it's been added to or taken away from, like Revelation says not to do, true Scripture does not um, destroy the law or the prophets, but it only fulfills it. And most of these people, characters we've been talking about, 
they always come up with a new revelation, a new doctrine, and they want to prove Yahweh wrong. They want to say the tribe of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin are all mongrels and that Joseph got the scepter. And they always want to cut. I mean, there's a guy on YouTube right now. Somebody sent me a video. I watched it. And he's saying there's not just one day of the year it's Pentecost. There's 10 different days and 10 different months, 10 different Pentecostes. I mean, these people, they don't have any concept. They, they've, they've never studied the true scripture. They don't care to study. They want to make Yahweh a liar, and they want to pretend like they're some great prophet. And usually, majority of them are not identity, but even in identity, they can claim to be identity all they want. But when it comes down to it, a lot of them are universalist. A lot of them want to do away with the law and say we're just under grace. Uh, but it's pretty clear in what you just read, Martin, that Yahweh said that when he returns to heaven, he he wasn't going to send any man to guide us into all truth, but he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's not a female. It's not a woman like Joseph Jeffers says. It's a he. And he said he will guide you into all truth. It's pretty clear the first church, even before Paul came along, James, John, Peter, uh, Matthias, and the other eight, the true apostles and disciples, it's pretty clear from the first from the first church that they all had the Holy Spirit. They were on fire. They were, if they did speak in tongues, it was coming from the Holy Spirit. It wasn't some kind of mumbo jumbo that you, you go into the churches today and they're they're jumping up and down and falling down, pretending to you know speaking in something nobody understands. I mean, if you're speaking in tongues because the Holy Spirit, then some people in the congregation will be under, uh, be able to understand you and get a revelation. So the thing is, is they were all, they had little cloves of fire tongues that represented the Holy Spirit above their heads. I mean, uh, it, it was basically what Yahweh promised them, that they would continue on his work and feed his sheep and teach his laws and commandments and baptize people and, and get them to truly repent and he would be with them. I mean, is that kind of what we're studying tonight about Pentecost, Martin? Well, in the case of the tongues, uh, you read where here were people from Persia, here were people from northern Africa, there were people from Europe, there were, you know, there were a number of people who were Judeans who, for whatever reason, was, was in there, and they were able. You know, they they weren't going ahead listening to some crazy, you know, crazy woman just, you know, pissing down her leg and screeching here. You know what I mean? And talking only to her. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. they, you know, they were able. They were able to converse. They were able to converse the languages they hadn't learned or studied. So. That was for the purpose to where they would now, they would now go back home, well outside of Judea, and they would go and split it. Now they went from what around 120 to what? They added 3,000 that day. You know what I mean? This was some yeah. This was some mighty convincing, mighty convincing uh, works here. Now wasn't it? Oh yeah. The answer it was here. So what what you had is that it just meant the first field. Essentially Pentecost just meant count fifty. 
but from the 50, you would have, and they didn't really keep it, you know, you know they didn't really keep it. They said, once you, once you get into your land, what you will do is that you will, you know, I mean, up in places where I come from, South or North Dakota, what they do is they literally, you know, for spring wheat, they plant it, they disc it up. They go ahead and disc it up in what November. It's called winter wheat. They 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 dig it up in November, and they wait for December. They wait for you know the snow, and then January and February, and you know the the wheat sits in there. It just sits in there, ready to germinate. Here it you know has the has the moisture. And then it germinates come, you know, essentially it germinates and come March and then April. And then in May, it pretty well, you know, it, it's very green in March and April. You know, I mean, it just comes up and it's able to, uh, you know, before it starts to flower in its own little way, a wheat plant, it goes ahead and, you know, it waits till. You know, usually around April or so. You know, and it's a it's a cold it's a it's a cold you know winter wheat's a cold weather crop here. And barley, barley is even quicker to germinate. Barley is even quicker. Yeah. Uh, they grow more barley in North Dakota. And they grow well. They grow a lot of the beans here. You know, like these pinto beans. Uh, they go ahead and plant them, and then they they go ahead and they combine the entire thing here uh, in North Dakota here. And North Dakota has the biggest supply of beans here. But also it's barley. Uh, you know, not so much, you know, not so much here. So barley is a quicker, you know, quicker growing seed, you know, essentially crop than, uh, you know, than even wheat. But what what happens is that they would have had, they would have had by the time of, uh, Essentially, fifty days here. They would have more likely had planted this. Uh, you know, maybe they would have planted their wheat crop or their barley crop in March, early March, and then you'd have the Passover, and it would have been starting to come out. It would have started to come out. It would have still been frosty, and then when it got, you know, fifty days here, it'd be ready. It would be ready to be. You know, you'd have the very first, you know, wave offering, the very first sheaf offering of Pentecost here. So you would have, literally, you would have uh, the very first major wheat crop, you know, by corn. We, they didn't have Indian corn back then, at least not there they didn't. And so it would be already ready to, uh, you know, be, you know, be sacrificed here. And so you go ahead and read about that in the Old Testament. Well, they didn't keep it in the land of Midian because they didn't have enough water to grow wheat or anything like that. But they they did, you know, they did later on. This is the very first, you know, this is the very beginning of the New Testament church here. And at the time, at the time when Christ was you know, was there, you know, in Matthew chapter 13, says, why are you speaking them in parables? Hey, because yeah. I don't want them to understand. Only to use it to give them That's right. That's right. He didn't want you know, the Jews and Mamsers to understand. Why didn't he want the Whiggers of the day to understand? Yeah, he, he, wanted the, he wanted the white people that repented with a pure heart, and he was going to open their eyes to see the truth. He wanted everybody, you know. 
So here it is. You go to Pentecost. You know, it's Pentecost. It means count 50. 50 days. I mean, you know, Christ is speaking to him 49 days after, and then he goes somewhere, and guess what? He comes, essentially, he doesn't come back, but his Holy Spirit comes back, and the church grows from around, it says around 120. You know, they could have been maybe 125. You know, maybe it could have been 115. I don't know. You know, who was there? But essentially, in, you know, in Jerusalem, that day, it grew, what, oh, about 30-fold or so? That's right. That day, you know, I mean, everybody, everybody would have gone ahead and brought in his friends, his family, and they would have made a massive commitment to actually have it be fulfilled here. So it grew. Literally, did not grow. Did not grow before fifty. You know, before count fifty, it grew at Pentecost. You know, the church grew quite a bit. So that's the point I wanted to make. Is that Pentecost? Pentecost is you know pretty well. Right now we are at the summer months here. We are waiting the feast of trumpets. And what does the feast of trumpets mean? Well, you know, trumpets. Essentially, the day of trumpets is the very start of the new year, which is in the fall. You know, they call it Rosh Hashanah here, the Jews do. So it's the very beginning of the, uh, you know, is the beginning of the new year. So here, so right now we are at the tail end of summer waiting the great, you know, the Feast of Trumpets, which means the Great Tribulation. And that is, you know, that is a rather grim, that is a rather grim thing have to endure. So anyway, that is, uh, you know, that is what I wanted to cover, at least for the, you know, for the Feast of Pentecost. And then later on with the Acts of the Apostles, you have, you have, uh, we in the ninth hour here. So essentially then you have some other narrative in Acts chapter two. And we already, you already covered that earlier Earlier, what, last year, I think it was, that you covered the books of Acts here, correct? That's right. That's correct. Okay. So you have you have later on that they are, Peter and John are arrested and tried. They're forbidden to teach. But still, the word gets out. But you had, you had literally, you know, upon the day of Pentecost, you had the church go from around 120 individuals to th- over 3,000. I mean, yep. this is a, it's sort of like a, well, sort of like a, uh, a wheat kernel. Some of them give, some of it gives 30, some of it gives 60, some of it gives 100 fold back here from single stock here. So that's, you know, that's what Pentecost really means, count 50. They count 50 from Christ's sacrifice. And then no longer do you hear, well, you're not given to understand the word, the words of Christ here. Now you are given to understand the words of Christ, starting with Pentecost. And the very That's first right. thing you need to understand is that you are, you know, you are a child. If you be an Israelite, you are a child of Yahweh. You're a child of Adam. You're a child through, of Adam through Seth, through Noah, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel. That's you right. are an Israelite. And therefore, it was given to you to now understand. So here you had a, you know, a mighty door opened. You had a mighty door opened to understanding. 
by, you know, by the power of the Holy Spirit. So you had no longer was this just simply Christ's disciples saying, okay, why are you, why are you talking to them in parables? Now it was, you know, Peter and John and the rest of the disciples, and now 3,000 of them, they're all preaching. You know, maybe, you know, maybe they're not all learned men, you know, in the Bible or Scripture. But they are all becoming known, you know, later on as Christians or followers of Christ. All right? That's right. This is why this is why this holy day, which we are supposed to keep, which we are supposed to keep, you know, in perpetuity here. You know, that's what that's what said. That's what Moses said. You're to keep this, you know, you're to keep this holy day in perpetuity. So you're to keep it if you are an Israelite, if you are those who heard the call. And obviously, 3,000 people or more heard the call. Later on, it grew to where those 3,000 converted, you know, maybe not 30 times, but they converted. You know, you read the way they converted. You had, later on, you had about, what, 50,000, you know, about a week or so later. You Never start. You had, you had, let's see. Chapter 3, let me go ahead and look here. So, you know, in Acts chapter 3, uh, Peter is talking uh, about how Christ was predicted by Moses. Moses truly said to his fathers, Probably shall the Yahweh your God raise him to you or your brethren like me, and you shall hear these things. And so he spoke to the people, the priests, captain of the temple, you know. And so now here the Catholic Temple and the Sadducees, you know, the people who are, you know, benefiting from, you know, these people coming to Judea, to Jerusalem, to go ahead and do it. And they're all mad, and they're saying they're greedy. They taught the people and priests, you know, through Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. Well, guess what? If, you know, Christ is the sacrifice, Christ is the Messiah, Christ is the, Christ is the son of, you know, son of Yahweh, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need these temple bell priests for anymore? What do you need them for anymore? You know what I mean? That's and, right. Uh, Peter and John was just cutting in on their, you know, their, you know, their lodges. The rulers and nice high priests and Tobias and John and Alexander, you know, as many of the kindred of the high priests are gathered together. Said, by what power, by name, do you do this here? You said, you know, you rulers are people over, you know, Egypt here. You, you let's be examined. The good deed done. To the impotent man, by which he's made whole. So here, you know, I mean, you know, I'm doing it by in Jesus' name here. And so they were, you know, they were, you know, they were marvelled that the boldness of Peter and John perceived they were unlearned, unignorant men. They marvelled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So they said, "What shall we?" You know, verse sixteen, you know, Acts chapter four. What shall we do with these men? And do the noble. Miracle has been done by them as manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem. We cannot deny it. But it's just now that that should spread no further among people, lest us straightly, you know, let us straightly, it's just go and threaten them. They speak yes, word to no man in this name. And they command them. See, you know, you know, Peter and John, and by this time, thousands of people who are converted to Christ, well, what do you need to? You know, hey, you have Christ as a sacrifice. What do you need to sacrifice sheep and goats and oxen and turtle doves and, you know, barley meal? What, what, do you, what do you need to go to Jerusalem for? 
anymore. Yeah, that's true. Why do you, why do you need to do that here? And no, I mean, <laughs> they were more mean than Jim Tammy Baker would be. So if you went ahead and cut into their, their little religious, their little, little scam here, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, so you had you had the uh, you know, they forbidden to teach, but yet they did teach, didn't they? They continued yep. to teach, right? That's correct. So, so anyway, you know the the difference was the difference was is that Christ did not teach the masses here. He he put on a message show. He healed them. He'd do miracles. They go in and. You know, shoot, he went ahead and healed 10 lepers, and, the, and essentially the, uh, you know, the lower-class, working-class Samaritans were the one who had the decency to come back and thank Christ. I said, well, didn't I, hear, didn't I heal 10 lepers? Uh, where's the other nine at? I guess they're enjoying themselves here, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're no longer lepers. They no longer stay in the leper colony. Well, well, at least you came back, Mr. Samaritan, and, you know, thanked me. So it goes on about the placement of Ananias and Sapphira. I used to compare Meerkat Mark Downey to Ananias and his Jew wife here, uh, old Clint Downey, to Sapphira. So in any case, you had, you, had this sort of, you had this sort of thing, and here they were. They were being threatened. But it got to where this, this word of Christ went on. It went on to... Uh, it went on to Antioch. It went on to Damascus. It went on all over the place. You know what I mean, it went on to Athens. It went on to Rome. It went on all over the place between the Israelites here. And then later on, they, they decided to bring in the uh, essentially the wild the wild olive branch here and graft it back on or graft it back in to people. And what they said is that, hey, for the first generation, circumcision was no longer necessary. Any case, uh, yeah, but I don't, I, I don't agree with that because it was never done away with. Now, just because they said it was okay, does not mean the red letters or Yahweh said it was okay. Okay. And I, I mean, you know, I can, they, they had, they had to really, they had to really work and play, and they decided in Acts chapter fifteen that that would be the way it was. But like we pointed out with Paul. Paul expanded it, I think, without really any authorization to do so. And I think you agree even more so. Paul went off the reservation, correct? Yeah. I mean, look, look, Martin. uh, Yahweh, I mean, anything that doesn't line up with the red letters, whether you want to say Paul's been mistranslated or whatever, uh, or John 3.16, you know, the thing is, this is why we're in trouble. People want to do away with the law. And they want to bring in all the Mazars and, and Jews and mongrels. And like I said, you know, tonight, once you start doing away with some of Yahweh's laws then, or in some of his prophecies, then, you know, if, if, if maybe we don't have to keep the feast days anymore, maybe the Sabbath's not that important, and maybe we don't have to be circumcised, then, I mean, where does it end? Once you start doing away with some of his laws, where does it end? Well, it, it ends with... Uh... You end up having Mona Montgomery, who at least is honest, and says she picks and chooses what she wants to believe, what she, what she wants to follow. I call it value meal Christianity. I like this, and I like that, and I'm going to obey this here, but I don't really like that. I'm just going to go ahead and let stuff off my back like water from a duck here. You know what I mean? 
I'm just going to totally ignore In which case, your church is not a Christian church. Your church is, you know, you ought to go ahead and just be like the Reverend Mongoloid Hardy or Hardy Mongoloid and essentially call it the first church of solipsism, the way you just worship yourself and have done with it. You know what I mean? That at least is honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't believe I don't believe in following. But I have I you know, I have seen because I've done it myself here, I've seen that the very first thing the very first thing to fall apart here from those who got annoyed to Herbert Armstrong or his hollow men or whatever, the very first thing to fall fall away is keeping of the holy days. That's the very first thing to follow. And then soon enough, soon enough, you're back to eating bacon and pork and shops and <laughs> doing whatever. Yeah. And then who knows where it's going to go from there. But uh, the holy days are usually the first things which go by the wayside. So I wanted, I wanted to do this, and the reason I covered, you know, Christ's difference in attitude when he was speaking to just his disciples in parables. You know, at that time, it was not the time for the Israelite masses. And, and folks, Christianity is only for the lost and the found sheep of the house of Israel. It's not for Negroes. It's not for Orientals. It's not for Beaners. It's not for it's not for anyone other. Now, you can be, you can be a sinner. You can be quite a sinner. And if you have a true repentance, you can repent here. You know, I, I keep on hoping that Dr. Greg Johnson here will stop doing what he allegedly likes to do and give it up. You know what I mean? But yeah, but Yahweh chooses us. We don't choose him. I mean, how many people have I told or you told or other people that are Israelites have told the identity message and Yahweh's laws? I mean, if they don't repent and, and, and want, want it, they're either mongrels or, it's, you know, it's not for them. I mean, Yahweh chooses us. We don't choose him. If you hear the word and you don't react on it, there's something wrong there, Martin. Well, I've talked to regular criminals in jail or not house. And yeah. I've seen them I've seen them when I first talk about, oh, this is this is a message for me. And I have seen, you know, you know, sort of spark in their eyes and then you can just go ahead and literally see that spark in their eyes dim. Yeah. We're just like these uh bell priests, you know, hey, what's this gonna cost me? What's this Christianity gonna cost me? I know it's gonna cost me my job. Um Essentially sacrificing, you know, goats and sheep and turtle doves and barley meal. It's going to cost me. It's going to cost me. Therefore, you know, therefore, you see the spark in their eyes literally die when you're talking to Whigger criminals, you know, or Whigger nuts or something like that. Yeah. You see why they have an interest, but you see the interest sort of, it's sort of like, it's sort of like, uh, setting a blaze of dry grass to fire, it'll blaze up here. It might even go into flame, but it burns out. And we're going to say it's nothing but ash. Well, I mean, look, 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 look. Everybody wants to say that they're on the side of God or Yahweh or if they're in the name of Jesus or whatever. And everybody wants to be rewarded. 
Okay, but a true Israelite, if you don't want to repent, then you really don't love Yahweh, right? He said, "If you love me, keep my commandments." If you're not going to repent, that, that's what that's what that's what Peter preached here. I mean, well, you need to, let's, you need let's to forget about Peter and the other man. Let's talk about the red letters and Yeshua. Okay, he was Yahweh. I mean, John the Baptist, uh, he preached repentance. So did the rest of them. But let's talk about Yeshua. Only Yahshua, Yahweh in a flesh body, can have the, the ability to forgive sins. Remember they wanted to stone Yahshua to death because he claimed to be equal with Yahweh, and he was Yahweh. He claimed to be the Word, he claimed, and he claimed to be, have the power, power to forgive sins. Peter and James and John and John the Baptist and Matthias, the rest, they didn't have the power to forgive sins. Only Yahweh can do that. Right? Well, I agree, because they're not Yahweh and they're not Christ. But I mean, we have, we have a disagreement. I think that. Hold on, You have a disagreement with who? Do you have a disagreement with? Me or somebody in the chat room? I didn't understand what you're saying. No, no. Well, I, I, you know, I, I believe that there's Yahweh the Father and Christ the Son. But anyway, uh, well, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. The Son, the Messiah, Yeshua. He said that he had the power to forgive sins. Now, only Yahweh can do that. All right? Yahweh's not going to allow anybody else to remarry Israel. Yahweh the Father was married to Israel. So if Yahweh the Son and Yahweh the Father aren't the same being, if they aren't both Yahweh God equal, then how would Yahweh the Father allow the Son to remarry Israel? He wouldn't. Well, I think... I think they're both. I think they're both God. It's just I believe. Okay, there we go. I'm agree. Yeah, I agree with that part. Okay. So what I'm saying is, let's just look. I mean, all we can do, the the best we can do, is imitate Yahweh. Be ye Father, be ye holy as your Father Yahweh the Father in heaven is holy, and Yahshua was the perfect example of Yahweh God in the flesh body that we are to follow. We're not to follow Peter, Paul, or any other man. We're to follow Yeshua and set our try to strive to be like him. And if we don't, then we're failing, right? Well, uh, we are we are to follow Yahweh's law, and we are to repent of our sins, and we are to try to not sin no more. And uh, yeah, anyway, I was I was. Just I, was, let, I, was I mean, look, with, Yahweh said his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Now, Paul said, Paul said it was impossible to keep the laws. Well, Yahweh the well, Father and Yahweh, and Yahweh the Son, Yahweh the Father and Son both said it was not impossible, it was easy. So either either the red letters, Yahweh the Father and Yahshua the Son, the red letters, are a lie, or Paul's a liar, or Paul's been mistranslated. Either way, I'm, I, I mean, if, if whatever Paul said, and we're not even talking about Hebrews, we're talking about his other stuff. Whatever he wrote and said, if it doesn't line up with the red letters, I'm going with red letters. No, I'm not. I'm not a big follower of Paul, and you, you are even less a big follower of Paul. Well, I never uh, called Paul. I never called Paul a homosexual or Jew like Gary Blackwell and like yeah, Judy Nips well, and I like Russ Walker. I, and like Russ Walker, they called Paul a homosexual. They called him a Jew. I mean, I don't have any proof of that. Paul said he was tribe of Benjamin, but I know this. Whether Paul's been mistranslated or whether he went off the reservation, he does not line up with the red letters. And I know this. All of 
uh, all of Judeo Christianity and the majority of two seed line identity love Paul and they teach Paul. So I mean, there's a problem yeah. there, Martin. There's I'm a problem. That's why we have so many wicked people. We have so many wicked wiggers. Well, you have a whole bunch of Jews, and they use Paul to, you know, come on in like Bell, okay. and Eli, or James, right. and a bunch of other ones here. So, anyway, the reason I want to do this, uh, well, I wanted to go ahead and do this, is that there was a there was a difference between when Christ was alive, talking to where he spoke in parables. He said why he spoke in parables, and that was because this was before he had been the sacrifice for the equivalent of Passover. And then later on, when Pentecost came, you know, 49 plus 1, or count 50, after Passover, the, the you know, things changed to where now Christ, you know, Christ's teachings were open to all those who were of the house of Israel. Now, you know, niggers would benefit from... Uh, Obeying Yahweh's law, but they will not. Well, get, okay. Will not I, I got a good example. I got a good example. I got, hey, I got a good example. Uh, Yahweh's law says that black, yellow, and eight, uh, white, yellow, and black are all supposed to live in segregated societies. Now, the niggers and the Asians would would benefit if they lived in pure racial societies and they didn't mix with each other or the white race. I agree with that part. As far as the okay. rest of the laws, they don't have to be circumcised. The feast days and Sabbaths are not for them. Now, no. it was always the premise that whenever you had the mixed multitude and the mamzers and mongrels that were in Israel, they were required to obey Yahweh's laws for Israelites to the best of their ability. But it's not naturally for them. I agree. Right? I agree. I agree. It, it said that you don't let any beast here raise his paw up against Mount Sinai, or he'll be shot through with both the lightning by Yahweh. So it, it, it benefits it benefits to obey Yahweh's law, even if you're not of the house of Israel. But on the other hand, these creatures are not really able to obey much of any law other than their own natures, and so they do not belong in white society. It's not a matter of segregation. It's a matter of them having their own boundaries and their own places here where they they can make of what they are as best they can. But anyway, sure. uh we we want you know, what I want to do is cover the essentially the day of Passover and why it wasn't until Passover that Christ's New Testament church was really founded because it went from around hundred and twenty people to three thousand then within a week or so it got up to fifty thousand and got even higher, and so it it grew it grew like a wildfire, and so first the Judeans and then the Romans were you know, interested in making sure it didn't spread any further, and so they persecuted the church. It didn't work though, but on the other hand, a whole bunch of paganism and lawlessness came in, you know, came in through the Bell Cult Assembly or the Roman Catholic Church later on to where 300-some years later it is not the same church as what Christ, you know, had set up here and, you know, had, you know, brought alive in the day of Passover uh, around, what, 33 or 34, you know, A.D. So anyway, yeah. that's why I wanted to go ahead and cover for tonight uh, for Pentecostal services here. I'll try to go ahead and 
save it here. Uh, okay, do you want me to go ahead and end the Bible study with a prayer before we, before we yes, talk about not, anything? Yes, go ahead. All right, let me go ahead and end the prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you as children of yours, as Israelites, and uh, we uh, we know that your scriptures, your Old Testament laws are not done away with. They're forever. We know your prophecies are not going to fail. We know that the lost books that line up, and all the ones we've studied for the most part, line up perfectly with the red letters in the Old Testament. We know they should be in the modern-day, quote-unquote, canonized, or the canon, and they were taken out by Satan and his kids in the Catholic Church. And we know anything like John 3.16 or some of the writings of Paul or, you know, anything that's in the modern scriptures that has been adulterated or edited, we are not to follow. We are not to make you a liar. Your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. Your laws are not impossible to keep, uh, as the modern translation of Paul says. But as the red letters say, your yoke is easy, your burden is light. And so we are not to listen to lies. We are not to listen to false doctrine. And if we have to separate ourselves from the majority of Israel, then so be it. Uh, as long as we are one with you, Father Yahweh, and your truth, then we are majority. Even if our own family, even if the greatest, our greatest enemies of our own household, our own biological household and our own white race household, we are to put you first and stand alone if we have to. We are to keep all of your laws, walk in all your ways, walk humbly, love you and love our neighbor as ourself. And as long as we do that, we can tell thousands or millions of Israelites your truth. And if they don't repent and you don't choose them, then their blood is off our hands. We have done our job. Just like Jonah, if we do a perfect job of preaching and no one repents, it's not our fault. So, Father Yahweh, we will close this out. We just thank you so much. We know your feast days are forever. We know that in the after this heaven and this earth are destroyed and you create a new heaven, new earth, and a new Jerusalem, then we will keep your Sabbaths and your feast days with you, Father Yahweh, with Yahshua as the high priest, the only high priest, because the Levitical priesthood was done away with, and the the, the gold and the scepter were all done away with for the different uh, sons of Jacob and for Israel, and now Yahshua has it all. He has the three things that Adam had, and he has them... It's like he told King David that he was going to not destroy King David's throne, but he was going to take over King David's throne. So let us remember that, Yahweh. And so we want to close this out and give you all the thanks and glory. In your name, Yahweh, so be it. Martin. Yeah. Um. I'm not going to stay up real late tonight, but what what else going on? I mean, we talked earlier, basically. Uh, you know, I met these identity people today up in Kentucky, and uh, one of them I've known for a long time. One of them has not been in identity that long, but she had a bad experience with Jim Wickstrom and Ray Bunzo and these people, and they were very wicked. So you can see how Buddy Johnson or Jim Wickstrom or some of these other evil people can 
you know, if they think everybody in identity is like them, they don't want to have nothing to do with identity. Right? Well, churches like Wickstrom here, totally evil. Yeah. Churches like Meerkat Mark Downey, very much evil. Churches like Bale Fink, he's a, uh, oh, he's a, uh, He's bitching. I'll go ahead and put this here. Somebody, somebody uh, on social media didn't hear Bell Fink, and here's Bell Fink's nonsense. And I don't know if he knows Bell Fink's murderous you pig or not, but he yeah. was saying he was saying if you don't believe, if you don't believe in the Comparean, you know Comparean. you know, you know, basis dual seed line Christian Dane to where. Oh, Yahweh, essentially Yahweh created the beasts of the field on the sixth day here, and that includes white beasts of the field, cavemen, whatever. And he only created Adam, you know, essentially he formed Adam. He formed Adam. He didn't really create, you know, like mass produce here. Essentially he formed Adam. Yeah, Adam was not created from a mother and father and sex. He was created with Yahweh's own hands and, and he wasn't created the Holy he Spirit the breath of life. I mean he was not like the Neanderthal man. He was the first white man with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So uh the very first one was a spirit, in fact. Now and there have been cavemen for a while, fifty thousand yeah. years. They're just uh, walking dead though. So, They're just walking dead. They have no soul, no you know no, walking dead. They, you know, they may have been quite clever. They may have had you know they may have loved their wives and their children, whatever. But they weren't a damn man. And so here is here is Bale Fink. I went ahead and put this thing up here. Here's some character you don't know Bale Fink and he, you know, named uh, his name is uh oh a guy named Dalton, Dalton Stout. And he may he may be related he may be related to this clan family from Texas here, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've never heard of these people, Dalton. I I don't know who these uh, people Dalton's Pretty well, pretty well. It may be a Texas clan, you know, especially from this Texas clan family who got in Butler here. You know what I mean? I met I, I, I met a guy that was used to be with the Chameleon White Knights uh, of the K, 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 brand of the KKK. They were they were supposedly identity. Well, or I don't Henry, know. Henry Stout. He was a what? Nineteen twenty year old about oh six seven years ago, and oh he he has something to do with sci-fi Faber and. He gets nearly arrested, accused of rape here by some she boon in Tennessee or something like that from Tennessee. I told him, I said, why are you dealing with these people for it all? Yeah. I'm not sure if they're related to this uh, family from Texas here. But anyway, uh, you know, well, if you're against the eight-day creation, then you're not. I mean, this is just some character who, you know, knows what really knows about Chris Day, but hey, he's, he's, and he doesn't know things in jail, but he said, where'd he come up with a stupid crap, Frank? And Frank yeah. is frothing at the mouth here, you know what I mean? So, uh, it, it, what he attempts to ask for, like, don't refer to other men's schools before even taking time to understand. No, no, Frank, we don't need to understand you. We don't need to understand you're a murderous pig. We don't need to understand anything about you, Frank. We really don't. What, what do we need to understand about you, Frank? You know, answer? Nothing. We don't need to understand anything at all about you. You know, listen to, yeah, my best don't never listen to five minutes of pragmatic Genesis. This was back in 2003 when he has old Negro lips, uh, Brian Real, yapping, he's yapping that old Moses, 
Moses uh, didn't have enough room for to write all of you know you know to go past Genesis chapter one. So that's why he went ahead and started a new chapter, Genesis chapter two. So that is what he, I mean. Frank was just you know come up with a whole bunch of stuff out of that uh, Jews that uh, Jews bunghole, and so. Uh, this character doesn't really care who Fink is, who Fink thinks he is, or anything like that here. Uh, he doesn't yeah. really care. If he knew about Fink, you know, he's just a murder stupid, uh, pretend to be, you know, dual seed line Chris Sandan here. He, he goes ahead and he follows the stupid crap that, you know, another, you know, Sephardic Melungeon, uh, you know, Captain Samilty Emmerheiser, you know what I mean? And, uh, Anyway, I got a got a. Uh, hey, you told me Dan Johns is not even identified anymore. Dan Johns, I think at the very start of this year, he just had a he just had a little nervous breakdown or something like that. Here, I don't know what the hell happened with him. I don't know what the hell happened with him. But uh, from what I gather, uh, these characters. These characters with uh, Eli James named Pastor Steve, and this character, he, uh, oh, he was in the militia movement, and he got in trouble, and I think he served seven, eight years in jail, in, in prison in Kentucky, and uh, they're all bitching here about Dan Johns, you know, and essentially Dan Johns quit or something like this this past week or so, you know, what I mean, he he just went ahead and said that he was. Uh, not going to pay more attention to it here, so it's a great disappointment. But around, oh, around uh, the first of January, Eli, or sorry, Dan Johnson said to call him not Pastor Dan Johns, but to call him Commander, Commander Dan Dan Johns. Well, okay. yeah. So what is this? The very first, you know, the very first uh, battalion of the wannabe. I want to be, uh, gosh, you know, uh, Ashkenazi, serial polygamist here, you know, who have their I mean, I mean, commander, I mean, shoot, the commander is even more pretentious title than pastor is, is it? Yeah. But, uh, pretty well, they were, you know, the pistol possums, the pistol possums were yapping about that, uh, what, on the 18th or something like that? So, <laughs> the pistol possible is bitching about uh, Dan Jobs. I'll go ahead and put a link to that too here. So, but that's what that's what you have is you have all these characters. They're saying all sorts of stuff here. None of it's biblical. None of it is relevant to anything, and they're they're just all over the place. Just all over the place here. So Pastor Steve here says no further shows are scheduled as Dan has left EFR of his own volition. Thank you, Pastor Steve. I'm kind of speechless at these events. I don't and even know who, who this Steve guy is. This Steve Elder? Who the hell is this? Steve Anderson. Uh, I don't know him. Where, is he from like Dan Johns? Not more, obviously, here. So uh, his real name is Warren Vandersall or something like that. And <laughs> so this boss was mad because he attacked Wisdom by name. <laughs> so I guess he's following this uh, Gail Mack or something like that here. So 
So uh, is the pisser possum still having a weekly show, or did he did he go? I, no, I think he keeps on talking on a meth binge or something. I have no idea. I have no idea. So, uh, <laughs> so he's on a radio network that Catelli plays class-hating Bill Pierce. And Andy Bitchcock interviews worst demons every day and beautifully agrees with every word like a cock here. The uh, <laughs> seed lighter is actually Jeremy Visser here. Uh, the interview and a report horror on a Jewish control website. <laughs> okay, so uh, today. Uh, <laughs> No, they're just they're just having they're just having fun with Dan Johns. I don't know I don't know why. I, I go ahead and I look at the Pistol Possum uh you know show here. So anyway, they had a big stink here. Uh Dan Johns decided to get into something else here and uh I was looking I was looking at someone oh, I was looking at someone uh okay. Dan Johns has quit. This is on Friday. CI and E. Ilfoquare. Well, actually, he may have been thrown out. He has gone new age with Gail Mack promoting multidimensional channeling. So there's, there's this skanker yeah. called Gail Mack. He's gone new age promoting multidimensional channeling here. You know what I mean? I didn't so, know this. Gail, Gail, who the hell is this Gail Lighty? Is this a friend Gail, of Dan Johns? I guess Gail Mack, and she's—I guess she's out to sell stuff or something. She's channeling. What's it called? Multi-dimensional channeling. Yeah. So maybe you can go ahead and bring in a whole bunch of demons from a different, you know, from uh, Planet Six 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 from Nibiru here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but. I was looking at them here. Uh, he was talking about fake. He said, that guy just hijacked so many CI sites and materials, as you know only too well. I've saved a lot of audio files over the years, but it's always nice to direct people to a source, which becomes increasingly more difficult with think, either getting the sites close or appropriating the files or both here. And this this guy from England, he pointed out, is that think has, you know, think has uh you know, he, he took over Ucoy. He took over a whole bunch of stuff. Now Ucoy was essentially something which used to be with Rick Spring. But that's what you know. That's what Think does. He goes ahead and he grabs everything he can, and he tries to claim that he has it. At the very least, here that he's a Christian identity pastor or a scholar or something like that, even though he does not like. He does not like Compre. Uh He keeps on yapping about how he's so much better and smarter than Compre. But oh, I was uh, I was looking I was looking at uh, that here, and I found out where Billy Roper appropriated appropriated this thing about uh, Ruth here. Essentially, he went ahead and he got from this crazy bitch named Maggie, who believes that women ought to be able to speak in church because they get to prophesy and dream dreams or whatever. Yeah, I and don't know who Wendy, Mindy is. I don't know who these people Wendell, are. Wendy, Maggie. Maggie from Tupelo, Mississippi. Let's see. Okay. So, I'm looking at what Fink is yapping here. Oh, he's yapping crap about brother on Aaron. Are you on it, Fink's website? Yeah, I'm looking at Fink's website here. So, 
You're being saying all sorts of stuff here. Patrick Little. Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Fink here. But Fink was, Fink was, you know, Fink was whining about, uh, Fink was whining big time about, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Uh, Dave Barley. Dave Barley uh, was Sheldon Emery's son-in-law, married Sheldon Emery's Melanson daughter to where their kids just like just look like uh, beaners. You know, sort of like the pistol possums, some of the pistol possums and pistol possums full blood brother does, you know, Spawn does. And uh, supposedly Sheldon Emery was, I don't know if he was trying to get off of uh, the no devil preacher and not here, but uh, Frank, you know, Frank was big on no devil. He was saying that Satan was not, you know, did not seduce him. You know what I mean? When he was running yeah. around near Cat Mark. So now, Meerkat Mark croaked off what a month and a half ago of uh, lung cancer, even though he didn't smoke. Why? Thanks going back to pretending that he's Christian identity, but they're dual seed line, and he's not. Yeah. You know what I mean, and let me see. So does yeah. Any, look, hi, hi. Does any do, do, do any of these people still have an audience anymore? I mean, other than the occasional Jew or Mamzer. I mean, do, do they I even have any? Really, I think it's just turned. Think it's just turned on. You know, turned on that. Turned on that. Uh, Michelin called Alan Rouse or Soprano Mamzer, who uh, had married a she moon had five or six niglets. I'm not sure it was five or six, but turned on him about three months ago. About the same time he turned on brother non Aryan, and from what I gather, uh, I've looked at. Uh, I haven't looked at Ryan Brennan's or Brother Nonarian's last one here, but oh, he was he was really calling out Fink here for uh, quite a bit of stuff here. Let me see. Let me close that here. I'm looking. I'm looking at. No, I'm not looking at here. I'm looking for Brother Nonarian here. Anyway, where was I? Let's see. Radical Ryan here, or as I call him, Brother Not Aaron. Let's see. Videos. Okay. Mr. Benjamin Punisher. Okay. Fallout call. Forum fallback. Let me see. <laughs> Let's see, altar call. I have no idea what that's about here. I was looking at his fallout call out. He was really, he was really just making big time fun of Bale Fake here. Uh, and so, so it's spot on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, Pastor Sergeant Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Sergeant Lynn said, well, maybe he said, I don't know. Papa Cat follows me now. Anyway, <laughs> there, there's, a, there's Brother Non Aaron here. So, yeah, I was looking at that. You know, think he's just mad as hell because uh, pretty well when they think of dual seed line Chris and Danny, they think, of course, you know, eighth day creation, which is what Tom Parais taught. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Anyway, 
know what eight bait ounces is being discussed. You know, well, he has he has his charge, but what he did is he got rid of uh, this manager from Ohio called Ezra Pound. He got rid yeah. of uh, he got rid of Stepano Manzer. He got rid of a whole bunch of people. You know, Frank did. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, when Jews and Manzers turn on each other and expose each other, it's actually a good thing. I mean, it saves us, you know. You know. Oh yeah. They are, and they ultimately do. I mean, I mean, they ultimately do turn on each other. <laughs> well, this character Dalton Stout, he was on social media, and I guess he just calls Bill Frank out and says, "Well, hey, uh, who cares what you, you know, who cares what you think here? You, you really speak Chris Danny. I mean, you don't understand uh, a woman in it. You don't really understand any of it here at all. So." Yeah, anyway, this character was talking about Fink. He said he took a few steps, you know, away from CI back in 2010 after I closed Fink. The attacks on me and the infighting became the same. I said from day one, the bastard was a fake, and no one listened, you know, the, you know learned the very lesson I was right. I'm taking my way back in CI now. No more fence saying for me, hell, victory. So essentially, he was making, you know, uh, Finkelstein had appropriated the old site. Here's a new one. IsraeliteWatchmen.com. So, Fink uh, has, has gone ahead and taken over quite a bit of stuff here. And claims it's his scholarship or something like that here. So I went ahead and asked, you know, he went ahead and asked me where the Willie Martin archive was at. Let me see. Okay. This was, he went ahead and sent me a new message here. Uh, about Dan Johns, Quick CI, you know, folk Radio. So, hey, that's what's going on in our wonderful bowel movement here. You have all these characters just winding off or whatever here. So I, I went ahead and clicked on Dan Johns was getting nuttier and nuttier. He's always been sort of nuttier because here he is. He wants to have more than one wife. And so he uh, got Sister Cherie to agree with it. And then, you know, he wouldn't go ahead and keep Sister Cherie. He was going, looking to keep up the new woman he got. So then what happens to me? She divorced him. Look, man, the guy had a vasectomy. He can't even have kids. He can't even take care of one wife, let alone, I mean, uh, you know, he's just an old, crotchety, uh, uh, Ashkenazi legend. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just simply somebody who just wants new pussy here. You know what I mean? So... (laughs) They, they were taking pictures of what I called this tan straddler here, this brown-skinned woman who Dan Johns was dressed up as a Roman centurion, and she was dressed up as Cleopatra or something here. And out here dancing with niggers and a whole bunch of other critters. And think, seeing that, that was from October. That was from Halloween 2010. So think why he got and says it. And then three years later, he goes ahead and reveals it. Long as old nigger lips flying real, release reveals you know, hey, 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 Chris said that he pastored his colorful sins, is what he said here. And then old nigger lips said, well, we ought to be mean to Dan Johns because, you know, Dan Johns has been nice to old nigger lips here. Yeah. So that, that is, you know, I mean, that is the sort of stupid crap we have we have in CI dentistry. Uh, just all these fakes, all these Jews, all these liars. And uh, I was looking, I was looking because fake was all mad. Fink was all pissy because some character in Chris Day said, well, you're not Chris Day. You don't believe 
you don't believe in uh, you know you don't believe in you don't believe in eight day creation here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so as a result, you know, I think it's just foaming at the mouth because people uh, uh, people just make fun of the critter. You know what I mean? So yeah. let's see here. Married to Melissa Pank here. From my gather, May 6th here. I'm just looking at this here. Yeah, Pank is just simply, you know, Okay. I'm I'm looking at uh, yeah, Bill Fink here. So I'm just laughing at Bill Fink. He's just <laughs> okay. Sunny Eames is with William Fink. Okay, I'm not sure what's William. Eve's is here. All right. Yep, for one again, old uh you begin play because it's good here. <laughs> oh good lord. Think so think it's so hilarious here. <laughs> I'll just I was just looking I was just like he got about three different he got about three different uh, Facebook accounts here. Look at this here. Anyway. Yeah, I was just I was just looking at uh, May eighteenth here's the last one here. Okay. Oh, unless they'll think here. I don't know about Eli or anything like that here. What you know, Eli's up to. Anyway, I think it's probably about time we go ahead and call it a night here. What I'll yeah, listen, I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back Thursday to continue the book of Enoch. All right, that'll be a thing to do. I did want to cover. I did want to cover the. Uh, I did want to cover the. Uh, what I'll probably do is I'll just go ahead and. Separate the, uh, you know, the thing on about uh, Pentecost here, and then just go ahead and post the whole thing here as well. Here, that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing with your show as well. Here, I've been downloading it here, and then, uh, up, you know, essentially upgrade. But tonight, I just went ahead and put it under Understanding Dual Sea Line, Chris Dandy. So anyway, I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. So I'm All right, uh, uh, we'll be back Thursday. Hail victory. You bet. Hail victory. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.